Here we are. Mm-hmm. On a Friday. Yes. Just like Slam RN said, but Slam RN. It's not just any Friday, sister. Today is my anniversary. Congratulations. 22 years. Fantastic. 22. That's I'm going like, to catch up with you one of these days. Yeah, but that's like, that means I have to die. <laughs> but, but no it could mean misty has to die oh the, yeah that's, i i want to go first that's for sure i don't want to oh, no. deal with the, the widow thing yeah. yeah well hello everyone you're here on trinity radio acting like we've never run a live stream before and i'm here with my co-host Dr. jonathan bridget yes and we are excited to share some time with you on this day before i go and see indiana jones and the dial of destiny with my wife Sounds romantic. It's it's there's nothing more romantic than Harrison Ford, except perhaps Don Knotts. Um, <laughs> and both of them are like. Are you a Ghost and Mr. Chicken fan? Have you ever? Of seen course. Okay. Of course. I'm even the fan of that weird Andy Griffith one where he where he played like a soldier, but he basically was playing Gilmer the whole time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? No. Anyway, uh, back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about some weird woke stuff that has to do with uh, taking parts of church history and creeds and things and manipulating them to say things. Can, can I just say that, um, thank goodness that this is the last day of pride month. Is it? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and for what it's but now worth, every month is pride month. Yeah. For what it's worth. Um, it's been, uh, how the kids say L after L after L for them. It has not been, it has not institutionally been, uh, what they hoped i think right it's kind of it's kind of um overreach oversaturation mm-hmm. uh, i think the lgb part of the lgbtq whatever else mm-hmm. uh, i think they're over it and kind of sick of it because of the t and the q so mm-hmm. so yeah it's a lot of interesting things going on but i mean it never fails that something will come across uh, our feed that on twitter or whatever that's just obnoxious and stupid and and just so people know that in are. the future, I think what we're going to do is because the uh, gender ideology and um, biblical sexuality and the clash and all those kind of things, it's becoming more and more difficult to talk about those things on uh, YouTube. Uh, everyone knows that. And so as a result, in the future, we're not going to back down from topics like that. What we're going to do maybe in, with that, you know, that topic specifically is we'll talk about it a little bit on the show. I mean, we're going to talk about some things today, but we're probably going to post those kinds of videos directly to Twitter in the future, or maybe just to trinityradio.org if we think that um, it's a little too. YouTube is going to get upset. Yeah, they're getting spicy. They're getting a little bit censor heavy again, mm-hmm. and so yeah, Derek's uh, comment last day of Pride Month and LGBTQ activists can't force speech on business owners because of the ghost decision. Yes, I did see that too. Um, that's that's good. I don't know how that affects like the baker business that's been tied up in that stuff, but I ho- hopefully it'll all work out so that um, you can't force people to violate their conscience and go against their deeply held convictions about things to produce um you know images or decorations or anything for things they don't believe in and i think that's a good thing but so what do you got for us today pritchett yeah um so i it's just exhausting looking at this stuff but once again i mean the the progressive christianity um 
that whole thing. And I know that there's some people, there's like, there's like those people in the middle that try to straddle that fence and say, no, they're not all this or whatever. You don't, no, this is what, this is the fruit of that. Mm. And there's a lot of things that I want to talk about this other, but first we need to show just how dumb this, the, the, what made the round was this sparkle creed. And I, I, as I understand, this was written um, a few years ago or something, but, but this church recited it here recently and it, the video circulated and I saw it and I was like, this is ridiculous. And a lot of people have, have commented on it on other programs like, Oh, this is awful. Um, you know, this is heretical and all of that, but they never actually say what's wrong with it. They just mm -hmm. denounce it and say, isn't look at this, look how awful these people are. And they move on. So I thought maybe we'd just go through it and say, yeah, that's here, here before we problems. do Jim Amberg. Thank you. Here's half a movie ticket. Boy, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. For your anniversary enjoyed, you know, if you go on Tuesdays, it's not Tuesday, but I did go Tuesday and see a movie with my family and it's like cheap on Tuesdays in Evansville at Showplace. What movie did you go see? This is not, um, this show is not yet underwritten by Showplace Cinema, I just want to say. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to say this here on this stream, but we went to see The Little Mermaid. Okay, it's a Disney movie yeah. about a mermaid. That's well, I know. Like, I thought you might want to talk about why I would feel comfortable going to see a Disney movie when Disney has do they have coded on all of... bastardized versions of Christian creeds in it? No. Then I don't... Okay. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I kind of kind of loved it, I have to say. Well, I mean, all I understand <laughs> is it's a longer version of the cartoon movie. It's it's it well, it's a it's a it, it's still a cartoon movie <laughs> for the most part. It's just <laughs> digital animation. Well, yeah, it's like Avatar is a cartoon movie. <laughs> right, that's a cartoon. Movie. Yeah. I don't uh, know, man. I go to like one or two movies a year. Yeah. I mean, like, I am on. I've how many months now? I've been watching Matlock reruns on Pluto. Hey, I never go. There. I said, and I'm I on, and I, I'm just now to the end of season two because I barely watch anything anymore. So yeah, woke alert on me, Idol yeah. Killer. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, God, I mean, yeah, whatever this you, thing is you use the be. word woke. I mean, woke does have an original meaning that just meant a an awareness of like racial injustices in the country. Uh huh. But it is the the meaning has shifted to, and and uh, MJ Jackson, and I talk about this well, kind it, of kind of like, um, and, and it's become like conservatives use that as a way to to disparage mm -hmm. this. But that's not on the conservatives because when you have like skittle color haired lesbians calling their the stuff they talk about, you know, in university campuses about, you know trying to get us all to stop eating real meat and stuff that mm -hmm. they called themselves woke. Like we're cause what right. happened they don't was, like it's been taken, but here's what, here, yeah. here's what comes to my mind. Understanding some of these philosophies is what's going on is I think about critical theory and I think about the fact that there are these, um, there are these power institutions. And as a result, uh, you have to, you have to, this postmodernism stuff creeps in where it's like, We've got to challenge the language of these power structures to see if we can reconceptualize. And once you are aware that, say, the struggles of this particular um, minority group, let's say, or this subcategory is almost it's their struggles and their uh, their oppression and those sorts of things yeah. are, are are so foreign from your frames of reference that it's like seeing different 
It's like it's like you don't even see in Technicolor. You yeah. don't see. You can't even see of see the problems. And once you become aware of that, then you're woke. When you become woke to the reality that there are these power uh, power what am I trying to say? Institutions that are holding down other groups because they favor a particular. Protected yeah. Group. But, 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 but really what I, what I want to stress is, is mm -hmm. if you're bothered by using woke as a pejorative, you know, you should really blame single white women on the left, on the political left, because they're the ones who took that term and applied it to every single pet cause that they have and made a mockery of it to where it's worth mocking. And so, um, you know, it, it, when you say woke and we're talking about the, the ECLA, the, the um, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America lady in a room with mostly white boomers uh, talking about the Sparkle Creed and we call well, that woke. Well, we got to show it or nobody's going to know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it, we call that woke. Uh, that's what, that's her fault. Because she started calling herself woke five years ago until everyone decided that it's now a, a bad word. But that's mm -hmm. it's still her fault. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, the sparkle. <laughs> I can't say what's, the sparkle creed. Mm -hmm. Let's let the you know, the, the one time I've ever been into an ECLA church was when I debated Sonny Hernandez and Theodore Zacariotis. That was an ECLA church. And what's weird is that... Were they woke? No. What's weird is that pastor... Are we going to get to this video eventually? Yes, that pastor okay. admitted that he's kind of a self-loathing ECLA Lutheran mm -hmm. instead of like a Missouri Synod, which is the good Lutherans, or mm -hmm. at least the better Lutherans. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my experience. But from what I understand, even from that pastor, is that his church is the exception, and this church that we're about to see, that, that's the norm. Yeah, don't ECLA. think of those as being in the same group, even though technically on paper they might be. Right. On how you frame it up. Right. So, All right, here we go. And let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen.
Sorry, guys. No audio. it! And I just said some really good things. There's a couple of things I want to get off my chest uh, or else I'm not going to be able to sit here patiently. The first thing is that while I think it is interesting that in the Bible, that is a biblical statement there at the end that Lord, uh, I believe, Lord, yeah, help my unbelief. Yeah. Uh, Matt is from Matthew. But here, but here's the thing about it. Um, uh, I'll just get back to this and what this person is saying in a second. But um, basically, the, everything that she said, or at least much of what she said, is not Christian in the way that she means it. And so it's a bunch of, in terms of Christianity and biblical historic Christianity, nonsense. And so at the end, then she says, Lord, all of this stuff that I just said is, is hard to believe. I pray you'll make me believe it or help me believe it. <laughs> well, if it was real Christianity, he would help you believe it. But you just basically said, we made a bunch of stuff up. Now help us believe this, Lord. He ain't going to help you believe it. And if you're finding it hard to believe, in this case, there's a darn good reason for that. The, um, the other thing that I want to say is, uh, is that you're going to say a bunch of things and we're going to say a bunch of things that are meant to show why this is wrong, what she's saying, and not reflective of Christianity or biblical Christianity. I would just want to say at the beginning that this is one of those cases where I don't think, even though we should do that for third-party listeners, I, I think she knows. I think she knows all that. See, I think she knows she's making up stuff, and it's not going to do any good to tell her because she knows she's making up stuff. See, that's where, that's where I guess you and I may part ways a little bit. Okay. You don't believe that she's sincere about this. Or that any of those people are sincere. I believe she sincerely believes some of the things that got her to that podium, but some of the things that she's saying as though it really is reflective of biblical historical Christianity. No, she knows that it's not traditional Christianity. But that does but do you think that she believes this version of what she's saying as opposed to biblical Christianity? I think she believes the propositional truth claims that she put well, I think when you start parodying a creed and putting in your own stuff, you you can't, and you're trying to act like your thing is reflective in some way of of something that you really do believe God gave us, but it's so wildly different. I yeah, I don't I don't think you take yourself seriously. I think you know. No, I'm making stuff up. So she just thinks. She's, I mean, not her, but whoever wrote it. So maybe she. Well, but she knows how. She knows this was written a few years. Yeah, this ago. was written in 2021. So mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> this ancient creed of two years. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually think that they mean this. They know that it's not traditional Christianity, but I still think that they mean this. Like, they honestly believe... I think that, they want people to think this way, yes. Yeah. But I, I don't... No, like, well, when they, she says that God uh, thinks of, uh, you know, LGBTQ stuff the way she does or whatever, I, I don't deny that, that she... Th- well, I don't know. I mean, biblical authority doesn't mean anything to them, right? That's true. That That's true. So, it's... it's it's so it's it's a matter of, of all the postmodernism, right? So, so I think that they mean this, and I would be happier if they didn't. Do you think they right. think it reflects the creed it's parodying? No, I think that they think that this is um, how they have finally. We have the Bible, and that's an ancient book with ancient people dealing with ancient categories. And if they can't re-exegete the text, because that's where they're going to say, well, forget it. It doesn't matter. It's just wrong. And this is this is the true. But why do you use the touchstone of original creeds? As if there is something true and good and right about that. Oh, well, I think it's because they, they think it needs to be updated for a new. I mean, I think that's part of it. We've got to recontextualize this and this is better so you're saying that you actually believe and i'm 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 I'm, i hope you convince me 
you, you actually believe that they think they are, that whoever crafted this was not trying to deceive anybody, was no, genuinely I mean, trying to, no, you, you have to say not trying to deceive anybody, okay. was genuinely wanting to reflect Christianity, even like, because I understand they believe progressive Christians, or however you want to categorize this particular person, at least progressive, is that we're saying that they are wanting to take the good of Christianity, the message of Jesus, yeah. whether or not Jesus, whatever, and they're taking that and reconceptualizing it as Jesus would have said it today or as Christianity should function today according to these paradigms. But then when you go back to a touchstone in church history and you say, like this, see, it should say, but except it should say this. I don't understand the importance. No, I think, well, yeah, I agree with you there that they're like, well, that's old and outdated. We don't need this anymore. But we want the authority that drips off of it. Right. That's what's going on. And yeah. I, I, that's where I think they know. Well, maybe partly of the authority and partly because a lot of these older denominations do these like Lutheran traditions and, mm -hmm. and Presbyterian traditions and stuff. They recite creeds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they want the touchstone has less to do with the original Apostles Creed and more to do with just this is our liturgical habit and so we want to incorporate this into it instead of the older stuff because this okay so this reflects mind, our, so, okay, our is this fair our version of it our, our, uh, let's say it's this fair yeah denominations are different they have different distinctives and different leanings yeah right and denominations even within themselves can change over time here we've got this creed oh thank god for this wonderful creed as it was written originally we we love that that's great it's beautiful but um, we need to, we, we can, we can kind of decorate it with the accoutrement of like our personal denominational distinctive. And when you do that, it comes out looking like this. Is that basically what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Because I mean, and you even... think that is a completely, I realize I'm asking you to a certain degree to psychoanalyze here, yeah. but not, are you, you think that is a completely in their mind though? We know it's what they're saying is wrong. You think that for them, that is a completely sincere endeavor and that they are not trying to yes, deceive you hear the anyone at any point. Yes. Didn't you hear the creed? Love is love is love, and God loves everybody, and so he's going to accept everybody because why wouldn't he? That's They really believe that. I, I don't doubt they really believe that. When they do this to the Apostles' Creed, you don't think they're trying to deceive anybody? Well, I mean, to some to some extent, yes, if they're trying to say that this is a reflection of true Christianity, yes, they are intentionally trying to deceive people because they know it isn't, right? They know that this is not what all Christians everywhere have believed for 2,000 years. That but do they been. think it's Christian? Yes. Okay. All right. Or at least, or at least some of them do. Yeah. And they're wrong. But we can get more into that here in a little bit because— Let's break this down. Uh, there's a there's a, a problem in the first statement where they say that they believe in the non-binary Wait, let me answer God. a question here. Notice, we're the conservatives here, and, and, and I said I went and saw Little Mermaid and, and loved it, and I didn't mention that Ariel was black. Honestly, Atheist says, can't tell if Braxton intentionally didn't mention that the new Ariel is black. Actually, uh, in this particular case, it didn't cross my mind specifically. What crossed my mind specifically was everybody hates Disney right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's why, and right. that's why people have been negging it. Or if he just didn't think that was relevant, also don't think it's relevant. Um, right, but yeah, uh, in conservative spaces, my wife like literally said at Disney. the after it was over, she said something about Ariel's black. She said, "I just think that it, you know that this Little Mermaid, um, 
was perfect for this role, whatever her race was, you know, so. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, those kind of things are, are knuckleheads. It's a movie. Okay, back to the, back yeah, to the careers. Um, the sparkly one. Yeah, I the sparkly. I can't, I couldn't find it because I kept going on YouTube and typing in Sprinkle Creed. <laughs> I was like the Sprinkle Creed. I'm like, why is it not here? Yeah. And I remember I was even gonna say like that sounds like like I'm thinking of sprinkles on like a donut. It sounds like a delicious creed. But anyway, uh, go on with what you. Yeah, th- this this thing isn't gonna last five years, but um, it might not last to the end of this podcast because right. we don't. <laughs> know what yeah. to say about it except i believe nonsense. in the non-binary god whose pronouns are plural but both of those statements are see you already know that those are false if you've ever read a bible if you believe that the bible is god's revelation of himself to his people mm-hmm. um non-binary isn't even a category that makes sense that, that would apply to god because even though jesus in the incarnation has a biological sex and gender comes about later as an idea maps on until 10 minutes ago to biological sex mm-hmm. right in language and everything else mm-hmm. right masculine feminine gender uh, words and in, in the romance languages and even in english in some cases so we that's how it was until 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. right so but but god in and of himself is genderless right right and that, Not infinite gender, like the TikToker I responded to. Right, no, genderless, without gender. Yeah. Non-gendered, at period. But non-binary is a gender, right? Kind of the in- intermediate, doesn't identify with... It's uh, not, yeah, not the binary of just male and female. Male and female, man, right. man and woman, if you're going with gender. Right, I right. I mean, it is, uh, does not fit into binary categories of male and female, but have a diverse range of what? Gender... Identity is in the definite identities and expressions in the definition. So if it is a gender, this has nothing to do because you can all go all the way back to the church fathers who said no. Like as far as properties and attributes of God, gender is not one of them. Right. Like in its being now because they thought of and one of the reasons is they thought of that as connected to biology. Right. And because it's relatively new, and so she, so it's connected to biology. He doesn't have biology. The second member of the Trinity. Jesus has biology in the incarnation. In the incarnation, but yeah. uh, but but when we're talking about, say, God the Father, there he has no biology, so he has no gender. Is how they're right. thinking about it. Well, the entire Trinity, the Logos, the Spirit, mm-hmm. sans creation, genderless, genderless. Mm-hmm. In creation, you have you the have incarnation. the incarnation God. of Jesus, but you also have God the Being identifying when God speaks, primarily in masculine qualities and exclusively with gendered pronouns and, but there, that see, are masculine. Everyone says, see, you just contradicted yourself. Clearly he has a gender, but you're saying that these, uh, you're saying you're with these uh, fathers, church fathers who said that he didn't That's have a gender. That's not what I said. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, in, in speaking anthropomorphically, there is gendered language yeah. that identifies with the male masculine sex in terms of he, mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? That's how he wants us. In the Old Testament, prior to the incarnation, uh-huh. yeah, because that's the best way. That that's how that's the that's the human anthropomorphic picture he wants us to think of when we think about God the most, right? Representing the best attributes of the ancient uh, Near Eastern culture. So when you have that, um, the first statement of this is. 
patently false because God is not non-binary, and uh, if and Jesus, and of course, wasn't have either. A bunch of genders. And uh, doesn't have plural pronouns either. Right. So the first statement doesn't hold up to historic Christianity. I believe in yeah, Je- and and like and like uh, you know, often they'll misgender God. Yeah. <laughs> not that we're saying he has a gender, but from their perspective, the way you're framing this up. Yeah. Well, they do it in the very next sentence. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, instead of, you know, that's the plural pronoun from the yeah. first statement of the creed. So yeah. You might have read that first and thought, wait, is he talking about like, like God and the Holy Spirit had a baby? Right. Is if you knew nothing kind of about transgender ideology, yeah. but you had a vague idea of Trinitarian Christianity, right. you might like, be like, hey, what? wait a minute. The, <laughs> Um, which also, by the way, you know, you can either believe that, um, you know, the, the, the son is eternally begotten from the father and the spirit is spirated from the father eternally, or the father and the son spirate the spirit eternally. I mean, there's different ways people make, but, but, but that's different. None of that has to do with the son being a there, you know. At all, because what they mean by that, I think what they mean no, by that their is, son. is, well, they're using their, as it relates to the statement before about plural pronouns. So God's they, the, they, them, right? Right. And then that's their son. Right. But they don't use they to refer to Jesus, do they? No. Do they, do they properly gender Jesus? You could literally misgender Jesus. Yeah. They, they avoid gendering Jesus in this statement, uh, they just say their child, which trying to use plural pronouns, which God does not use plural pronouns, who wore a fabulous. How do they know that? Who wore a fabulous. Joseph had yeah. a fabulous tunic. This is in a creed. Yeah. Is this in the creed? Yeah. That he had a fabulous tunic? Yeah. And it says Joseph. She, she said it that. doesn't say Jesus. It says Joseph. Right? No, it says Jesus. And I'm saying Joseph had a fa- fabulous creed, uh, a tunic, but Jesus didn't. How do you know? Huh? How do you know? Well, the Bible says that he, they made him a robot. Oh, you're saying Joseph in the Old Testament. Yes. Joseph with the technical. Yeah, if you wanted code. to give anyone a fabulous tunic, it would have it would have been Joseph. But yeah. Why are they saying, how do they know this? How, they don't know that. Huh? They imagine it. I mean, if he was a Tecton, then this his tunic was probably example, dirty. and They do not believe. Dingy. They, they're, well, here they're just. And then, then he also said, you know, he was an itinerant minister with no place to lay his head. And so I'm, I'm sure contrary to being fabulous, I mean, it probably looked gross. <laughs> um, but they're just adding flavor and humor. Yeah, here. I know be, because, But if they because, weren't, but they, but, if they actually meant to say, cause they put this in a creed. Okay. Right. And if you're putting this in the creed, I'm like, okay, you know, you don't know that. And you're just saying it. It's not like you firmly believe deeply held belief. It's what about you just what said. They're putting that in there to, to, Flavor, flavor, humor, which, yes, which means they don't take this seriously in that sense. Yeah. You know, that's evident because one piece of evidence that that whoever wrote this anyway can't be taking this seriously because how would they know? Right. Um, Yeah. So so here we go. Uh, Honestly, Atheist says if reasonable theology points to a genderless God, couldn't we suppose that the gender pronouns in sacred texts are an imperfection? of ancient culture or bias from post fall authors. Well, you could do that, except that I, I mean, I have a belief about the Bible, that it's the word of God. And so I think that God is telling us, this is how I want you to think about me in this sort of a dynamic. 
that doesn't mean to say that he has a gender. It's just to say, you know how you think about like the best archetype of a father? Yeah. That's how I want you to think about me. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. But uh, someone who doesn't believe that, I guess, could say, yeah, they're just, I mean, that is what they would say. <laughs> so whether you, whether you think this is made up or if you think that Christianity is true or not, if you think they had some divine revelation when they wrote these things about God or not, uh, you can, you, you know, you can do it either way. But if you, if you are a person like us who wants to hold on to biblical Christianity, you can just say God revealed it this way because he wants us to think of him as the perfect archetype of a father. Not that he's a gendered being like fathers are. Okay. Who had a fabulous <clears throat> tunic and had, I always appreciate you being here. Yeah. Honestly, atheist. and had good question. two dads who did Jesus. Jesus. And Moses had two moms. Right. This is so stupid. What's obviously irritating about this and also makes it insincere yes. is because when someone says, uh, you know, Tommy has two daddies or two dads. They mean gay what they mean parents. is he's got day, gay parents. Yes. Um, and when you say Jesus had two dads, you do not mean to say either of Jesus dads, quote unquote, were gay. You're just saying that he had a heavenly father and an earthly father. And I also have a heavenly father and an earthly right. father. Every Christian has a heavenly father right. and earthly father. Now, that's not to say that the relationship between Jesus and, and the father isn't, isn't unique in that sense. Well, and, But it is to say it's not the what It's an equivocation. Are you familiar with equivocation fallacies where you change the meaning of a word in the middle of an argument such that the argument says that there's a, you know, it's fallacious. Uh, but it can kind of be tricky to like... Um, like uh, uh, soccer, uh, you know, Greek is a language. Socrates is a Greek, therefore Socrates is a language. Yeah. Okay, that's an equivocation on the word Greek, whether it be a language or a personal identity or nationality or whatever. Yeah. You know, okay, well, same sort of thing, except here what we're equivocating on isn't a word. It's a concept, a cluster of concepts, two dads, and what that yeah. means for you. And so it's just an equivocation. Of course, literally everyone who ever hears this and thinks about it for half a second knows that, which is another reason why it makes me take this not very seriously, even from their perspective. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, who saw everyone as a sibling child of God. No, Jesus did not see everyone as a sibling child of God. You can go to Paul in Acts 17, who will say, for we are all his offspring. So, um, God is like the ultimate creator in a general sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, Paul says we are all his children, quoting yeah. the Greek poets in Acts 17. Yeah. But that just means we cut like we, Oh, the, the context for what he was discussing there was he determines our boundaries and our habitations. He decides everything ultimately about yeah. that you live and basically where you live. He's the, and so in that sense, we all are his children. His offspring is actually a great way to put that. Because we owe him, we, we owe our existence to him. But that is a different thing from the family of God. I'm joining ears with Christ. I'm, I'm getting all the stuff Jesus gets. Yeah, but John 1.12, but to all who did receive him, talking about the Logos, became flesh. What did he give them? He gave them mm -hmm. the right to become to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Mm -hmm. So, no, uh, Jesus does not see things that way. Mm -hmm. um, there's a special kinship bond for believers that non-believers do not share with God mm -hmm. or Jesus. 
because he is the firstborn among many brothers in the context of those who are the justified people who are God's eschatological people, the people of faith, according to Romans. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, wrong again. Just, just, just bowling strikes here. Um, yeah, hold on. Some people are, so a couple of people have said this. Grant Gooch and Kevin basically said, so I don't think that Jesus had two dads as equivocation fallacy by itself. No, it's not an equivocation fallacy. But for those who are familiar with equivocation fallacies, like the one that I just used with respect to Socrates and being Greek, I'm just saying it's that's what an equivocation is. And this statement of two dads is equivocating on, on it's not idea. that they're making an argument. Now, yeah. if they did make an argument that said something like, um, if two, if um, I don't know how you would do that. To if someone had two has two dads, then their parents are, you know, uh, gay. Okay, uh, Jesus had two dads. Therefore, I, and I don't know. You understand the point, though. I'm trying to point out that it's a phrase, so it becomes hard to point out. And someone could have two dads and actually not affirm it as like a moral thing. They're not making an argument. The only reason I brought up equivocation fallacies was to give an example of what equivocation is. Yeah. But thanks for. Uh, getting some more clarification. I believe in the rainbow spirit, not the Holy spirit, the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one. He did it for me. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to get on some Pritchett and you do this to me and I know it's really annoying. So I'm sorry. That's fine. But uh, Kevin says premise one, if a child has two dads, those dads are gay. Premise two, Jesus had two dads. (laughs) Jesus dads are gay. Yeah. Good example. Yeah. Um, He's got a debate coming up against uh, David Palman, I think. Oh yeah. He mentioned that he, I think Kevin meant, I think it was Kevin that mentioned he was debating one of our students yeah, and it, it turned out it's not one of our students. That is David Palman. But yeah. There was another guy yeah. that I didn't know he was debating David yeah. Palman. Yeah. He's debating uh, David Palman. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. So wait, read it again. I believe in the rainbow spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, which, I mean, now you're just not even using how the Bible is. You're just making up a new spirit. (laughs) The rainbow one. Yeah. Uh, Who shatters. So so I don't mind if they want to, just for the purpose of getting through this stuff. Yeah. Let them say rainbow spirit. We know what it means. We know. They're using the word rainbow as a nod to the LGBT stuff. And then this white light that reflects, uh, refracts into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity is to say we embrace people of all races and everything else. So that's, that's, I I think that's what they're intimating with this white light that refract, that the rainbow spirit refracts. I want to agree. I'm, I'm prepared uh, to agree with rainbow of gorgeous diversity. Uh, yeah, for those who actually believe in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? He's who come under diversity. the conviction of sin and they repent and believe the gospel, then heaven will be uh, a multitude that no like one could number like for every tribe. Co- to- nationalities and, uh, and colors. And yeah, all tribe and things. tongue and nation yeah. and all of that. Yes, Revelation. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, but I don't know why you would you would call it Rainbow Spirit. Now, in fairness, in the text. I'm not worried I'm, about them calling it Rainbow Spirit. The Talmud calls it a rainbow spirit. So no, I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> in fairness, they did not capitalize rainbow. So they're just saying in the rain. So I guess they're using it as an, an adjective. adjective? Rain, yeah, rainbow spirit, like in a poetic way, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can agree to an extent. Um, if we go to the Book of Revelation again, every try, but but this just proves that no matter how hard we're trying to agree with them about anything. It's almost impossible. We have to qualify it. Yeah. <laughs> we have to qualify it. Um, 
into a gorgeous uh, rainbow of gorgeous diversity. Now, I mean, the Jimmy rainbow Amber. symbolism of the LGBTQ uh, community, of course, we know yeah. what the, the, the covenant sign of the rainbow is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's really our symbol that has been taken. Well, this is why Jim Amberg says, I, here's what he calls the spirit. The spirit that says the world will be judged by fire and not water. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, okay. Uh, I believe in the church of everyday saints. Well, okay. As numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt. I, I don't even I don't know. know. That took a quilt. weird dog leg there at the end, but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't, I mean, I, everyday, there, there's a lot of everyday saints. And they're in they're one in you. Yes, of course, and we would may disagree about who qualifies, but. You know, that so I'm not, I agree with that part. I what is an I mean, AIDS I quilt? I don't. What is an AIDS quilt? Yeah. Maybe some supportive thing that was that is done. Some of y'all that are more knowledgeable about like this whole Thing. It sounds like something someone would do as a benevolent, like act of good service. Like to... we're gonna make quilts for AIDS patients. Kind of? I mean, I, I don't, I don't not? know. It's capitalized AID is like as the, as a reference to the disease. So I don't if know. If I was what there when someone is. gave an AIDS patient a quilt, I'd be like, well, that was a nice thing. Yeah, but uh, I feel but like I, I didn't know they. I don't know what I, the, I don't know what patches on it represent. I don't know what it meant. I don't know. We just don't know. Uh, yeah, Look, that, uh, this is what Matt Dillahunty wants me to say. I don't know. There. <laughs> right. I, I I guess we could have Googled it. Maybe you maybe you could real time fact I'll, I'll do research. Get, get you, can, to, you can be the host. Whose feet are grounded in mud. Oh, come on. These people have never stepped in mud. And who's uh, the people who would recite this okay. kind of thing? They don't even go into nature. Um, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars and wonder. Okay. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. What is, this is, yeah. I hate this idea that love is love is love because number one, that's not true. I don't love Braxton in the same manner in which I love my wife. Thank the Lord. Right. Uh, I don't love my wife in the same way that I love pizza. So, I mean, just the way that we use the word love. So, even in general, in principle, I don't like... You mean to say, you know, you could take that... You mean you love in different senses of the word love. Right. You could be saying you love your wife more than you love me, and you love pizza more than you love your wife. Yeah. Right? Which is emblematic of the problem of just saying love is love is love anyway, because it can be confusing, and my wife could be watching this and say, why doesn't he love me as much as pizza? And okay. why does Braxton yeah, I, want okay. me to die first? Pause because <laughs> My I've wife got is probably all kinds of confused. I've got this. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now I don't want to make fun of anything about this. This yeah. is serious, and this is uh, okay. But the Names Project AIDS Memorial Quilt, the Names Project, often abbreviated to AIDS Memorial Quilt or AIDS Quilt, is a memorial to celebrate the lives of people who have died of AIDS-related causes. Well, this sounds like something we should have known about, Pritchett. I'm embarrassed. Weighing an estimated 54 tons, it is the largest piece of community folk art in the world as of 2020. It was conceived in 1985 during the early years of the AIDS pandemic when social stigma prevented many AIDS victims from receiving funerals. It has been displayed on the mall in Washington, D.C. several times. In 2020, it returned to the AIDS Memorial in San Francisco and can also be seen virtually. And my understanding is, from the little bit of research I've just done here, uh, it, it was... Uh, it, it, it's added to 
is it I think it's added to regularly or okay. it has grown. That's or kind of an impressive fifty four yeah. tons with I guess it has patches on it for okay. Y'all learned um, something today. Or so, at least we did. We didn't know. Yeah. Examples of panels. Okay. Those who submit panels do not this would be good because we're music. We like music. Do not have to know the person, but they do have to feel some sort of connection with the individual that they want people to recognize. For example, to memorialize Queen lead singer Freddie Mercury, there were many panels made, two of which were a solid white background with a blue and black guitar and Freddie Mercury written down the sides in black with the AIDS ribbon above his name. So they do these panels to memorialize people who have suffered with AIDS. Got it. Okay. I didn't know what that was. Was it worth it to take that side quest? I've learned, I, I, yeah, I learned something from my own while watching or participating in my own podcast. So yes, good. Okay. Um, this love is love. I'm okay with that. So let us love, uh, love. No, um, I think from a biblical perspective, love is not love. If by that, this is a tip and the nod to the LGBT community, because obviously God has an ordained context of family, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. From the first page of the Bible, mm-hmm. become Male united female, to your wife, and you become one, one flesh, and then you be fruitful, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, this is this is contrary to two thousand years of church uh, teaching on biblical sexuality, because I know that that's what they're referencing here. Um, so, I believe, glorious God, help my. Yeah, well, hold on, because yeah. we know what they mean, and honestly, atheist puts it out there for us. To me, love is love basically means. Same-sex romantic love is equally valid as opposite-sex. Exactly. And should be equally respected under the law. So that's what you're talking about. What do they mean by love? Like give, like, gay marriage constitutional... Like stuff that... Like, I mean... We've already taken care of. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I'm still in... Well, it's a good clarification he makes because uh, you were talking about what do we even mean by love. And so he's trying to say, well, you know, they're saying. But I mean, marriage has historically been a religious institution and has defined it between a man and a woman. And so even in polygamy, where people say, what about polygamy? Well, okay, even in polygamy, men and women, right? It it was never, marriage was never same-sex thing. So, um, you know, in, in that sense, if you use if you're using marriage as like a legal contract under the United States, whatever. But if you're talking about like a real marriage, as a religious institution, I mean, if you say to me, are that's why I'm kind of like as pers- a covenant. Yeah, I'm kind of well. There is no covenant there, so that's why I'm kind of like. Um, oh, someone did bring up polygamy just now. Like if somebody, yeah, you I, called of it course. out before they yeah, got there. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's not my first rodeo. So it's just to me that this is. Um, this is like pretend stuff with a state license. So when people say, are you opposed to gay marriage? Well, depending on what you mean, like I'm Mm -hmm. opposed to gays having that because it's, it's a sin, Mm -hmm. but like politically do, am I up in arms about legal contracts between same sex couples? Don't care. Yeah. Right. That's a different. I, I, I also say, I do want to say something here. Spartan yeah. theology says, well, that's not true at all. The Bible condemns multiple forms of marriage, including polygamy. And that was posted, I think, before or after or before. Yeah, you, this is you a, already got to it. Yeah. But the thing I do want to say is condones. Uh, is we a, need to be careful because con- it, I, I would like to see someone demonstrate that it condones polygamy. Uh, it, yeah. When it has the Bible you, ever spoken favorably 
and given us a favorable account of polygamy in the Bible. And the only place now I actually don't often hear or ever have I heard Christians make this point, but there is a point that can be pushed that indirectly might get you there. You could say, so there is the, you know, the Israelites had their property and the, and the retention of your property within the tribes is very important. And within the families, like that's what a lot of this yeah. is meant to reflect. Okay. So you have this vow called the Leverite or a law called the Leverite law. Yeah. And the idea of this illustrated in the book of Ruth, but not in a or not in a, uh, uncharitable way or aggressive way or upset way is there was this ceremony that, that, uh, if a man dies and he has a wife, then his brother is supposed to right. marry that wife and give him children, you know, and that, that whole thing. Okay. Now, whatever you think about that, if he won't do it, he is supposed to like Onan got, yeah, he, he's yeah. supposed to give, there's supposed to be the ceremony where she gives him her sandal, I think. And, uh, and there's some hand motion that we don't get because the Bible doesn't have a picture, yeah. but it could be something like this. It could be, you know, who knows? And it's like this and this to the woman who ought to take care of his uh, brother's wife. Okay, so there's a little ceremony, but they don't have to marry him then. But but it's shameful, right? And right. the idea is, the and, and the idea... Is to it, provide the widow with someone to take care but of But if he's yeah. already married, as would almost certainly be the case with many of these young men uh, at that at an earlier age than now, yeah. then that is almost like telling someone, well, you really should be polygamous right now. Okay. But that is a, an indirect way that like, oh, well, if you take the, the law, the mosaic law, it could indirectly encourage someone into polygamy. I've asked a couple of people about that, whose names I won't mention, but one of them said, uh, yeah, he just shouldn't marry her then. And he should do the leave right thing. Yeah. And that's just, but he should still, you know, take because care I mean, he should still provide for him. God has an ideal. And then there's concessions and toleration, but well, condone, I guess, in the sense of allow in certain circumstances, is, but it's not like the Bible approves of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, let's, this is wonderful. And if you mean right? consider the Bible's, con so he says, sure, but you can't say the Bible is consistent on the issue of marriage. I can't say that it consistently shows me healthy marriages. Right. But that's, that's about all I can say right. from that. Yeah. Um, okay, onward so, and upward. So yeah, so this I, this, this creed is ridiculous. Oh, that's the end of it. Yeah, um, you know this love is love stuff to to end it all. Let us love. Well, I mean the Bible tells you how to love your neighbor. It tells you how to love your spouse. Mm -hmm. How for how husbands are to love wives. How wives mm -hmm. are to love husbands. How children and parents are to relate. Has instructions for all of that. Mm -hmm. What it doesn't have instructions for is any kind of love that you just want to have. So this is against, uh, you know, millennia of teaching of the, of the Christian church. So this is in no way Christian. And somebody said it earlier in the comments. This is a different religion. It is ridiculous. Well, they, they know on that they, point, they do know whether or not we had the discussion to open the show with whether or not they believe this or how sincerely they believe this. One thing that we know that they believe is they know that, that, that this is contrary to the teachings of the church. And then people like us are going to call it out. That's what they, that's for sure. They know that they much. know that much. Okay. I want to share something so. on that question about the religious aspect of this. Um, yesterday, Dr. Pritchett was in here and I said, and I'm not taking this like too seriously. Okay. But I looked up, I asked chat GPT to synthesize all, in fact, I'll just show you synthesize let's see 
Is it there? It goes. Synthesize all academic definitions of religion into one paragraph, and, the, and then we can see what a religion is and what it isn't. Academic definitions of religion draw from wide range of perspectives and theories, reflecting the interdisciplinary nature of the field. Synthesizing these definitions, religion can be understood as a complex. Now, you want to ask yourself, does the sort of thing that we're thinking of here qualify as its own religion? Synthesizing these definitions, religion can be understood as a complex sociocultural phenomenon characterized by a set of beliefs, rituals, symbols, practices, and institutions that involve the relationship between humans and the transcendent or sacred. It encompasses the individual and collective search for meaning, purpose, and existential questions, as well as the formation of worldviews, moral frameworks, and systems of value. Religion can often function as a social and cultural system, providing a sense of identity, community, and cohesion. It intersects with various dimensions of human experience, including theology, mythology, ethics, spirituality, and religious pra or ritual practices, while evoking and ad adapting in response to historical, cultural, and contextual factors. Bridget. I agree with that synthesis of religion. Mm -hmm. Notice that it does not require any sort of belief in a God or gods. Yeah. Right. It can be um, transcended or just something that you hold sacred. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's inclusive of Wiccans and it's inclusive of Buddhists. It's a very Guess what else it sounds exactly like, Braxton? What? What does this sound exactly like? It ex sounds exactly like what we could pejoratively term woke ideology, what we could call the LGBT transgender stuff, what we could be call critical theory. That's all religious. It is a leftist religion. <clears throat> um, it needs to be put out of schools, <laughs> not, not taught in schools uh, for sure. Uh, so I, yeah, it's very, this is all very religious. Now I have made, if you go back to the days where we didn't live stream, where we just posted a video and we had a, uh, we had a what, first word and last word. Remember how awesome that was? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I made the case that go back to 2017 and 18 folks. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Those were the days, right? <laughs> the back when everyone thought we were cool, but this edgy, but unknown podcast and look where we are now. We anyway, were, so, so I made the case somewhat tongue in cheek, but somewhat serious that atheists are very religious too. And they have their own rituals and they have their own priesthood and they have their own theologians. <laughs> yeah. Right. A pause, pause. Idol killer says, I bet that church loved the new little mermaid movie. Daggummit. Idol killer. It, Control yourself. It, it, uh, the, 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 there's two movie critics that I, I, I pay attention to. I pay. In fact, I listen to movie critics more than I ever get to watch movies anymore. The guy from the what is it, Dan Screencast, Merle? Because he's a fellow Arkansan, right? Okay, and, that's the one I liked. Yeah, and he's the one who said Indiana Jones pretty good, pretty dang good. Yeah, and he's yeah. um uh he's he liked he's my guy. Yeah, he liked the Little Mermaid. He liked it. He thought it was good. And then the other guy that I listened to hated the Little Mermaid. Uh, the critical drink. Oh, he like my guy likes the Mermaid. Your guy liked it, and then the other guy that I follow because uh, his, his his things are hilarious. His name is the he's this uh, Scottish guy, the critical drinker. So this is where I'm and at. And he hated the Little Mermaid. Basically, where I'm at is I am in a state of hoping that Indiana Jones will be good, and the only hope I really have is that this guy I discovered last week. Also, like, says it's good and also likes you, the Little Mermaid. If you, did you watch Screen Junkies back in the day? No. Okay. Well, he was he was originally from Screen. Anyway, shout out to Dan Murrell, fellow fellow Arkansas. I'm sure silly. he wants to be identified. Yeah. With us. Like, how yeah, to show <laughs> an episode like yeah. this? Yes. 
Yes, oh, I love man. it. What other what other YouTuber uh, probably lefty can we ruin by saying we like them? I don't know. I don't listen to them. Yeah, I already upset everyone by saying I like the Little Mermaid. Coach Greg, how about that you one? too? Yeah. So, all right. So that's the creed. It's stupid. They know it's stupid. But my final comments on this before we wrap up: mm-hmm. If you actually saw some of the pictures uh, panned out, some people also made note of this. What was the one thing that you noticed about all the people in attendance to this? Old church? people, old white boomers, and I love old people. Yes, There's and so let's go back thing. to 2019 or 2000. But they old. Was it 2019 or 2000? when was the last time we went to Texas to do at um, the 2021? Two 2021. Was that 2021? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was 2021. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's go back. I stood on that stage, and what did I say? What Lots was my 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 most controversial statement? Was we need more outreach to boomers, because. I'm old enough to remember now. I'm old. You're old. You're in your 40s. You're a y- you're an old millennial, and I'm a young Gen Zer, right? I'm on the 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 younger side of the Gen Zs. You're on the elderly side of millennials. So you probably all you Arkansas people, all you Arkansas people, my wife, you, you tend to. Not an hour goes by in the day where you don't marvel at how old you are and how old the people around you. We're are. glad to still be here, buddy. We're it's from like, Arkansas. It's like, we dude, didn't know we'd let make a it. day go by where I don't have to think about it. I mean, you, outside of Arkansas, you have things like shoes and air conditioning. <laughs> we have other stuff to think <laughs> running about. Running water in our own stuff. And Arkansas is a whole different. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole different place. So so we're just glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere. But yeah, you you may be able to remember this. The church did something really stupid. They let. Gen Zers and older millennials tell the boomers how they should do things, right? Mm-hmm. We did that. We said, boomers, you don't matter. You don't know what you're doing. You're doing everything wrong. We need guitars. We need all of this stuff. And I'm just using general generality. Yeah, Nickelback. Right? We want Nickelback. Right, right, right. We, we got to have Nickelback church. Okay, we told them that you are not relevant anymore, but we do want all your money so we can resist, uh, reinvest it in church functions that will reach the young people. That, that was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Old people, we don't. We want your money. We don't want you. We want you to do things completely different. Um, and so we told the boomers, you're not cool enough. We need we need younger pastors with tattoos. We need all of this stuff, right? So the boomers who, you know, they were wacko in the 60s. They got their stuff together in the 80s. And then we just told them, no, be wha- be a little bit more like you were when you were in the sexual revolution in the 60s. Like Slam was? Yeah, yeah. Be a little bit more... Like that, quit, quit, start untucking your shirts more. You went overboard in the 80s and now in the 90s and 2000s. We need you to loosen up again. And we don't want to hear from you. We want uh, you to listen to us because, you know, even though the Bible says wisdom is with the aged, we turned that on its head and thought young people had all the answers for all the ills in the church and how to attract young people. Let the children. And so we ran off all the boomers, right? We ran off all the boomers. Or just made them feel irrelevant. But we told them that you don't appeal to the kids. We got to, and so here you have a, a a church, and they're doing exactly what we told them to do, to the extreme, to the extreme. No, man, they look to they the are extreme. The antithesis they of are what trying you just, to be. They are not Nickelback. Church. They are trying to be. They are trying. No, worse. They went. They they, they they're left. all liturgical and stuff. Yeah. I'm saying the church failed. Because they love that stuff. That's we like with to authority. hear about how the boomers failed at everything, and I'm telling you that younger generations have failed the boomers because they got so obsessed with multiplying themselves, like and they, the church decided to focus so much 
on 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 uh, on reaching young people that we let we let the boomers out to dry, and now the boomers are sitting in churches like this because they have nowhere else to go, well, and in. they're thinking that they're doing what we want to try to be cool to the kids, even though there's no kids around in these liberal places because that doesn't work either. I have so no I, idea. I I I am l- listen to me, YouTube. When your church your church has we talked about this one a week ago. There's no shortage of money being invested in to go reach young people. Go reach the boomers. Boomers are either in ridiculous churches like this or boomers are sitting at home on Sunday mornings because they felt unwanted at, at because they weren't cool enough for cool church anymore. Go witness to boomers. Dude, you're taking great on this. Reach the boomers. Hey. Win back the boomers. Hey, I should have put a poll up. Uh, first of all, I left him the ancient out to dry. The boomers are being ridiculous. They're either staying home or they're going to stuff like this. We got to reach the boomers. Save them from sparkle creeds, please. Sprinkle creeds? That too. What percentage of mainline churches do you think this kind of thing represents? I don't know. Do you know? Too many. <laughs> too one many. Is, one is too many, right? Um, I mean, you've got... I mean. The obvious ones are now the United Methodist Church. The obvious one is has always been the Episcopalians, uh, the Presbyterian Church of the United States, the PC, yeah, the PC USA. They're the bad ones. The PCA is kind of in the same kind of mess that the Southern Baptists are in, but um, not quite as bad as the PC USA. The ECLA, of course. Um, but there's so many. I'll give the Catholics this. Yeah, there are so many freaking denominations that it's hard to keep track of all of them. Which ones are grateful, Christian? You do not look like a boomer. And I am a boomer, and I go to Amen. Go get twenty of your friends who are sitting at home on on a Sunday morning, or sitting in an Episcopalian church or an ECLA church, reciting stupid stuff like this. Go, go, bring your friends to church, please. Let's more boomer outreach, less trying to appeal to the kids. That's my thing. Hurry before we boomers. Well, yes. And churches act like they want boomers to bite the dust, and I'm sick of it. You'll never die, Slamarian. Yeah, she's in better health than all of us. My humanistic congregation is full of boomers. We, I mean, that, that's kind of... Even we struggle. I'm not saying this like as a gotcha, but that kind of does make our point. That this is a humanist uh, congregation, which is like the next step after a progressive Christian, right? Yeah, at least it's more respectable than progressive Christianity because this is because at, at least they're not trying to. Yeah, I mean, what's the point at everything? that point? What's I the mean, point? they are parodying church, but they're not parodying a specific creed, right? Um, witness to them with what conservatism? Conservatism with the gospel. Of Jesus, but that but one. you know, I mean, conservatism, yes, in the theological sense, absolutely. In the political sense, yeah, mostly. Sorry, mostly. You looked at me like I would like. I'm Do you upset. disagree with that? I didn't quite hear what you said. Like, like conservatism, should... theologically, definitely, but conservatives yes. politically, theologically, yeah, it's mostly going to line up uh, with that. I mean, not like on tax policy or what. Didn't care about that. Yeah. But on the issues that conservative. Christians are talking about abortion and the LGBTQ stuff. Yeah, because it's biblical Christianity. So, I mean, in a sense, in that sense, yeah. I mean, I don't care about arguing health care policy or tax policy, you know, or or, uh, government funding for NPR. I don't care about that stuff. This stuff is what we care about. Well, this has really been fun. I have to tell you folks right here at the end that, um, I'm, I'm still, we're still going to 
try to produce at least two videos a week. One of them being this one, the live stream for the next several weeks, but <clears throat> I'm going to be putting out less, a little less stuff other than that, because, um, I'm currently working on a book project for my church. It's a kind of a rewrite of one of my previous books to help churches learn how to do apologetics. Did I tell them what it, it is? Better. Oh, it's core facts. Yeah, it's core facts. And if you already thought core facts was like popular level, he's taking it and making it even it's, it's his, it's your on guard to reasonable faith. I'm writing. I'm well, but I'm actually adding more content, but, and there will be some like, uh, updated stuff but not it's much even more it's i'm making it more readable right it's popular you read it popular and, and you're gonna feel like i'm talking to you and sharing stuff with you and like you know little funny stories and stuff about my life i'm i've people who know much about us know that i've been on a mission to try and make apologetics as understandable as it can be to the average and i thought person. corfax achieved it but yeah here you are dumbing it down even trying time. to make it yeah even more so yeah, yeah. Even dumber. Even dumber That's than ever. Dumber than ever. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Bridget, you have anything else you want to say? Yes. By the way, we're not just YouTubers. In fact, the reason why you get one live stream or, or, or maybe two videos a week is because our full-time jobs are uh, president and vice president uh, at Trinity College of Bible Theological Seminary. We're also professors. And if you are interested in listening to professors such as one of us or Leighton Flowers or Tim Stratton or Jim Chatham or Chris Featherstone or Leighton, did I say Leighton? Um, anyway, got a lot of, David Allen, got a lot of cool professors here, people that you've actually heard of. You can go to trinitysim.edu and fill out an eval form. You can audit courses if you don't want to sign up for a degree program, but if you ever think that you might sign up for a degree program or a certificate program, Go to trinitysim.edu and fill out an eval, and we would love to hear from you and get in touch with you and tell you how you can begin, whether it's learning casually or learning formally in a certificate or degree program with professors you've heard of at prices you can afford from the comfort of your own home. That's trinitysim.edu. And there will be no live stream next week, so we'll see you in two weeks because I'm going out of town. Where are we going to see them? On? We're going to see him on Trinity Radio.